Hey there, angry faithful. I just wanted to drop in, bend your ear a little bit, get your attention. So if you're not listening, drop what you're doing and pay attention to me because I'm here to inform you that not only can you get your daily, maybe if you're binging it, I'm not sure, that's entirely up to you, but you can multiply your doses of angry me fuckery by paying attention to all of the platforms upon which you can find either the dulcet tones of my voice and David's voice or my pretty face and David's not-so-pretty face. Anyways, digressing, we, not only on we are on YouTube, we are on Spotify, we're on Rumble, we're on Google, Apple Podcast, we have a TikTok page, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and of course Facebook. So if you find yourself fuckery deprived, curl up with a nice hot mug of shut the fuck up and just listen. Open those ear holes and be prepared to be cream pied like it's the first time. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Angry Faithful. Today on Nerd Sports, episode 75, we're going to talk about the great sport of World Black Pudding Throwing Championship. It's it, it literally... It's it's what it sounds like. They throw black pudding at Yorkshire uh, uh, atop a platform. So is that like borderline racism? Your racism? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> because you know, some woke Brit's going to be like, "Well, why can't they throw the white pudding?" <laughs> it's, it's Yorkshire, it, dude. It's Yorkshire. We and are then, and then comes Roger Waters out off the top rope. You can't have any pudding unless you eat your meat. <laughs> Well, we already went over on. There better be a vegan option. Where's the gluten free? (laughs) I can't eat pudding that's not that's made out of hooves. I just I can't do it. Oh God! No, uh, we we already went over one. Is this soy tofu uh, uh, quino or what's this made out of? Oh my God! Remember, remember, this is the same area where they do ferret trouser. You know what always perplexes me when I go to the grocery store? You see fat free half and half. Uh huh. Yeah, that that's half not- of half and half is milk fat. So what are, what are you putting in there? It's it's the part of the bowl. It's a quarter, quarter or a quarter. I think it's the part of the bowl. But it says fat free. It's just straight beans. See, fat free doesn't even mean fat free though. Oh yeah, no, not at all. Um. <laughs> all right, and uh, what well, are we gonna go? Are we gonna go NFL? Because I know some. No, that- we're gonna go. Since when do we ever lead off a single one of these episodes talking about football first? Have we met? It's the only research that I do. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm good at. Okay, so right now Aaron Judge is sitting at 59 home runs for the season. Every every time he comes up to bat, everybody breaks away and they're like, "Oh God, let's watch Aaron Judge hit 60. The record is sixty one in the American League. That was set by Roger Maris, coincidentally also a Yankee. Judge. Now I will give Aaron Judge this. He was asked earlier, I think uh, either today or yesterday, 
about his thoughts on Shohei Otani. And uh, he's like, I'm just out here hitting balls. Otani's doing it all. He deserves to be the MVP. And I'm like sitting there going, you know what? That's classy. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what Judge is doing is kind of like next level, kind of Leviathans type stuff. But I, and what I think is going to be hilarious is that if Judge sets the American League record for a single season with 62 home runs and he eclipses Roger Maris's record as a Yankee, Aaron Judge is a free agent at the end of the year. I would think it would just be absolutely hilarious if the Steinbrenners fail to re-sign him. Who else would be able to afford him after that, though? Well, see, here's the thing. Aaron Judge grew up in New England. He grew up a Red Sox fan. And he was quoted, oh, yeah. he, he was quoted over the weekend as, as saying that uh, that the Red Sox fans know baseball and they are the best fans of in, in the sport. And you know that that pissed off the New York media. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. 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 So I mean and, and it was funny because like after after Aaron Judge started going all 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 uh you know bonkers on the home runs during even his rookie year, there was photos that were surfacing of him growing up decked out in all Red Sox gear. <laughs> you know, which you know it it I don't know. I don't know of a picture. I, I would absolutely face, love. That would be it if I was a. Uh, I, I would love to see him sign with Boston. I really would. Yes, I know because I am a Red Sox fan. That's got nothing to do with it. I just think. Well, that's got something. That's partly to do with it. But the the biggest part of it is. I would love to see him. Excuse me. See him get booed the first time he goes back to Yankee Stadium wearing a Red Sox <laughs> uniform. You know. You know it would happen too. Hundred percent guarantee. Absolutely, because Yankees fans, for the most part, they are a classless. I I mean, I mean, let's put it this way: the Yankees fan base. I I put them in a ranking. I've got them. Here is Philadelphia Eagles fans, right (laughs) at the top. We're talking trashiest to classiest, right? We got Eagles fans, Yankees fans, Texas Rangers fans, right? Hey, hey, no. Wait a minute. Oh, uh, yeah, no, yeah. No. Didn't they have Let a lot finish. of all like now, below year. Texas Rangers fans? You've got the Red Sox fans, right? Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Now, yeah. you if you wear anybody else's jersey to Yank or to 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 the lunchbox in Arlington, because let's face it, that's exactly what it looks like. If you go to the <laughs> lunchbox in Arlington and you wear any other team's gear. People will humor you for about three innings until they get about half the liquor, you know, that the ballpark carries in their system. And then it's like, oh, my God, you're you're by transcendental meditation. That's a that's a look to you, George Strait. You're transported to some other ballpark where the for the fans get a little bit more uh, rowdy. They're like, oh, the Rangers are going to the World Series. And like, where the fuck are you watching them from, you know? See, I mean, it's like, are, okay. I'll give you the Rangers fans are delusional. I'll give you that because every it's it's the same as being a Cowboys fan. It's it's every year 
it, it's a great. We did boys. We going to the Super Bowl. No, it's a not. great season <laughs> until uh, that first game, and then the first game happens, and your entire season is just shot from there. But I will say, as a Rangers fan, going and wearing Rangers gear to uh, Minute Maid in yeah with the Astros. Oh yeah, dude, it's that's that's brave. I I did not feel okay so living down here and i go to minute Maid a lot more now because yeah. I mean, i'm like literally an hour from the ballpark <laughs> but it doesn't matter who's playing i will always go with my red Sox gear on right i've got a personalized jersey the whole nine yards i go i get decked out and i go i don't care who's playing i'm right. repping my squad exactly i mean put it this way all right so my wedding ring right here Right, you see that brown band in the middle? Yeah. That is crushed up brick from the warning track at Fenway Park. Nice. Because uh when I when I proposed to my my wife, I did it at Fenway Park on the field. Yeah. So, you know, because Fenway Park's always been like a bucket bucket list item for me. It's 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 the mecca of baseball. I don't care. Right, for sure. You root for, no right? matter what your team is at. So when she told me that she was taking me to Boston for my birthday, I, I worked like literally for three months working with uh, Sarah Findley from the Red Sox front office to yeah. arrange a private tour. Thank God you didn't. Because I told her what I wanted to do, you know, and uh, we get to the ballpark that morning. We're walking around, dude. I'm getting all nostalgic and all up in my emotions. I'm touching the building and I'm getting all teary eyed. I'm like, Damn ninjas, the onions. <laughs> no. No, what we, gets me, I had to edit she, one she, of the she, episodes she, because he, he forgot the entirety of this being a secret and everything. And oh I was my God. I had I was no. like, Johnny, are no. you fucking kidding me? You're off the wall completely. No, no. If you're gonna tell the story, tell it right. Because I had to get on to you because I'm sitting there, I'm like, we're sitting there talking to each other, and I send you a message. I'm like, dude. I'm, I'm looking at you from across the table going. <laughs> you know, so, but uh, I'll remember it the way I want to remember it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can have, you can have it and, and I'll, I'll do all the hard work and everything. I'll bury the yeah. fucking body. How about that? You should be used to it by now. I am. It's so sad. <laughs> so. We get we get to we get to our gate, and the woman she meets us at the at the gate. She's in on it. The tour guide's in on it. Wife, obviously, not a clue. Yeah. So you have to go through a metal detector. I've got the ring with me. I'm like, oh, fuck. So she comes around me from behind. I hand her the ring. I like pass it off. Right. Yeah. I go through the metal detector. She goes around it. And then she comes up from behind me again. And I've got my hand back behind me. The tour guide's distracting my wife, showing her the, the 617 Boston Strong jersey that Johnny Gomes made up in 2013. Yeah. Because they've got it framed hanging on the wall. And she's like, oh, wow. And I, I, I hold my hand back. And Sarah drops the ring in my hand. And I slip it back in my pocket. Smooth, right? Completely <laughs> ad-libbed. I'm just like, hell Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting like, you know, dude, I, I'm like getting emotional because the, the tour guy turns and he looks at me and he goes, all right, now's the part that uh, you're looking forward to. Because she she comes in, right? Uh, Sarah comes up to us and she's like, 
I just wanted to get some face-to-face -face time and let you know I got us 10 minutes of field access. Bro, I went from here. I'm up here, right? So we walk out on the first baseline, and we're walking down the, uh, down the ramp, right, the concourse. And he opens up the gate. And he's like, after you, dude, I felt like Neil fucking Armstrong. <laughs> Taking that I, first step. <laughs> dude, yes. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I knelt down, I touched the grass, dude. I'm just like, I'm 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 on the field at Fenway Park, you know. Right. And he's like, all right, you know, so we had the green monster behind us. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay. He, and the tour guy goes, Hey, let me see your phone. I'll take some video and some pictures. And he winks at me, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, make sure you get this. So, you know, I hand him the phone. And he takes a couple of pictures and everything. And I looked over and I looked past her and I looked, I saw Pesky's pole right there in right field. I said, yeah. look, babe, there's Pesky's pole. And she looks and she turns to look at Pesky's pole. And that's when I get down on my knee, right? Yeah. She turns around and she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. And, you know, I'd go through the whole thing. I had it beautifully scripted in my head. And what came out was just disjointed and cracky dude it was absolute gibberish i'm sitting there going uh, uh, i you love you me. <laughs> yeah so you know so i mean i won't be following you she, she says yes obviously i put the ring on her finger and everything like that we're walking i'm like i need some of this warning tractor and he's like well it's crushed brick i said i i, I know I need some anyway. He goes, well, we sell it at the gift shop. I said, I want this, right? I want this stuff, you right. know, not the stuff that you bottle up. I, I want stuff that's, on. yeah, that's on the field. I've seen it. I'm personally there. Exactly. And yeah, so I grab a handful of it, stick it in my pocket and like, you know, and then I get it to my jeweler whenever we go to pick out our rings and, and the designers of the rings were like, oh, that's cool. We want to do this, you know? So I was yeah. like, so I've got, I've got the one of the kind, you know, but anyway, so getting back, getting back to, to baseball, um, the Astros clinched the American league West yesterday. Uh, the Mets, the New York Mets are going to the playoffs. They clinched a playoff berth for the first time since like 2000, uh, I think it was like seven yeah, or something like that. So it's been a minute. Well, over um, yeah. So, uh, let me see here. Um, Dodger news, former MVP uh, and, uh, and uh, stolen base leader, Maury, uh, Maury Willis, or Wills, died yesterday at the age of 89. Mm. Um, let me see here. I'm looking for, uh, let's see here. Aaron Judge is still sitting on 59. I was looking to see um, where... Albert Pujols' count was, but I can't find it right now. Um, let me see here. What's funny is the fact that now that the Astros have clinched their division, they're not done yet because they're still trying to get the bet. They're still trying to maintain that lead. I think they've got like a six or seven game lead over the Yankees for the best, uh, best uh, record in the American League which would give them home field. So uh, Yankees are 88 and 58. Oh yeah, dude. No, that's, oh, that's embarrassing. That's a nine game lead going into tonight or an eight game lead. 
but wow. So right now the Astros are beating the Rays five to nothing. The Yankees are tied up at one against who are they playing? Oh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, please let Pittsburgh beat New York at home. You know, that would be one of the one of the things that I relish the most is not the fact that, you know, see now that the fact that like the the doctors are surrounding the gurney and they've all but declared the Red Sox dead for the season. Right. I mean, they're still doing CPR, but there's, there's no mathematical probability there. Right. Yeah. Um, I love watching what the Yankees are doing and they, they're, they are absolutely just limping, limping into the playoffs because they had I think they had like a 14 game lead in the division at one point, and then they come rolling into the last month and a half of the season, and they just went on this just abysmal, abysmal run. Um, I mean, as it is right now, they're six and four out over their last 10. Um I mean, there are only two games above 500 on the road. Right. I'm just like, whoo, wow. You know, so I would love to see New York cough up the lead and, and lose the division and have to settle for a wild card spot. Because right now the, the, uh, the, the, the Blue Jays are in second place in the AL East, and they're only five and a half games back. Tampa Bay had this really huge charge coming into it, but then they kind of trailed off. Um, and actually, the the Red Sox are they're eliminated though, so they're officially eliminated. I'm looking at the E on the standings right now. Well, that's fine. That's got to burn. That's got to burn like fire. You I'm know what? As a Rangers fan, I'm used to it by now. But... Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm sitting there looking, and. You know, and I find myself in the in the unique position to be like every other Red Sox fans uh, fan across the world, and and look at our team and go, well, our offense is not terrible. It's pitching, right. pitching. You know, it's like you hear that 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 soundbite. Uh, you know, Goofy. Oh, just hook me in the butt, why don't you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, our starting rotation, I mean, we got a couple of really good guys like Nathan Avaldi, and then Chris Sale came back for like two games before he dislocated his finger. And I'm like, oh, all right, would somebody put bubble wrap around this guy before he goes back out to the mound again? You know, and then we still have James Paxton, who's under contract with us, but he's he hasn't played a game for us because he went under that, he, he went, he had Tommy John surgery. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, we signed that guy two years ago. Yep. What the fuck? You know, and I'm just like, where's this guy at? Um, and our bullpen, our bullpen is horrendous. And like didn't, Ryan Brazier, he, they didn't he, do any trade. Did did they not do any trades this uh, August? Because they did, and and did some trades that would have helped them out, and those trades aren't helping them out. We gave Christian Vasquez to the Astros as part of a three-way tra- a three-way trade. Yeah, he was the we, got a, we got a we got a catcher 
we got a catcher from the from the White Sox, and I'm like, Ugh, what the hell, you know? So you you want to talk about salty? Okay, so the Astros clinched the division last night. I still follow Christian Vasquez on Instagram. So I get a notification that he's going live. He's going live from the clubhouse celebration inside the Astros locker room. And I'm sitting there going, bro, I mean, I'm I'm happy for him. I want to see him win. I want to see him do well. But I want to see him do well in a Red Sox uniform. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, you know. But all right. So um, I – The wild card has not been decided for the American League yet. I, I'm, I know that the Astros clinched a first round bye, and they move on. They don't have to play in the, in the wild card round. They they move on to to the divisional series. Right. Um, yeah, they've already clinched. So it, it's going to be kind of it's going to be kind of interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, because you and I both know, Chris, that it, it's it's not the best team that always wins. It's right. who gets hot at the right time. Exactly. I mean, you look at the Braves. Like, yeah, you look at the Braves last year. The Braves, they they got hot, right, um, the last month and a half of the season, and they won it all. So, I mean, they just went on this incredibly huge hot streak run, and they weren't necessarily the best team. The best team out there on paper was the Dodgers. Right. And – then when the Dodgers went by the wayside, the best team should have been the Astros. Now, much to my wife's chagrin, because she is a diehard Astros fan, and so is everybody else down here, but I relished, I relished it, watching the Braves just absolutely destroy the Astros in game six down here last year, you know, especially when Solaire hit that ball out of the park because they had the, they had the the sliding glass doors open at the top above the train tracks. And that, that pitch, I mean, like that ball had a family and he murdered it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just like, whew. all right. So now, now David's time to shine here. We're moving on to football news. All right. The biggest thing that happened this weekend uh, in football was the fight on the Buccaneers uh, Saints game. Uh, apparently, uh... Lattimore from the Saints was talking some shit to Tom Brady. Tom Brady gets in his face. The uh, the Tampa Bay offensive lineman shoves Lattimore, and then here comes Mike Evans off the top rope and just absolutely trucks Lattimore, and then yeah, he gets jumped on by like five other guys. And you know, so really Mike sad. Evans. The the only reason why I know this is because it was uh, it was like lip readers had to read this to tell everybody uh, what uh, professional lip readers had to go over this uh, footage just to tell everybody what what he actually said. And I went over the footage. Was like he said, Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? Yeah, I'm Mike Evans is talking to the officials. He's like, professional. It's Tom Brady. What do you? Right. What, I can what, do, what do that. You, what do you want for, me to do? Verbatim. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not a professional lip reader, and I could tell you that that's what he said. Yes. But you know, so him and Lattimore get ejected from the game. Uh, what was it? Uh, Mike Evans. He's been Mike Evans was the only game. one that caught a penalty and a suspension. Yeah, uh, he he's only he's out for one game. 
So, uh, for his role of the fight, uh, but in 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 all reality, though, uh, and and this is just my opinion, and he was sticking up for his guy. Yeah, and yeah, that's what his you're guy was getting. If any one of you guys, you know, was about to get in a fight and everything, and I had. And I could do a Superman punch, no pun intended with his shirt, but if I could do a quick Superman punch going in, no question. I think he had, had that line planned. What do you think? I did. I, I mean, he, he did. I, 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 I want to see his iPad. It's scripted in there. It's got to be. I, it's <laughs> iPad, but... At one point in the podcast, <laughs> yeah, mentioned yeah. Superman punch. Like, yeah. But in all reality, I would ask <laughs> questions afterwards. It's like, why did I punch that guy? No. But it, that's how it would be. And that's yeah, but any like, but I mark my words. You're not just gonna stand back and let your teammate get bumped like that. Oh God, no! Right, exactly. So mark my words, though. It this this is going to be one of the more defining moments in the in the Tampa Bay season, and it's going to do more to bring them together and to solidify that chemistry that they may be lacking in other places. It's going to bring the entire team together. It's going to be kind of a a rallying cry, uh, so to speak, and. You watch. I mean, Tom Brady's most likely headed for divorce. He's what was you know what is up with that? This is the first. Okay, time. so he gets <laughs> he gets he gets Wednesdays off as a veteran veteran slash personal time. He gets a day off in the middle of the week, right? So okay. Um, I think Giselle is just kind of tired of him playing football and I'm, you know everybody's like he Look, only works like five months out of the year yeah he, she didn't want him back in the first place it's like you were done you were out yeah now you're back in again like no I've, I've had it i this was supposed to be my time now yeah well see and here's the thing i mean i get i get her her side of the argument but on the other hand you know being oh, devil's sure. advocate it's like okay you're getting what you want. You want him around, but do you want him being around and being miserable? Exactly. Especially or, if he still has some some time left in him. Like he's he's still oh, he's got, got plenty left in the tank. I mean exactly. those absolute like okay, so when he shows up in Dallas, he's never lost to Dallas and he's throwing absolute missiles. Oh yeah. You oh, know, and, and then no, and then he goes into New Orleans last week. He's beaten New Orleans in the playoffs, but he's never beaten them during the regular season. Mm-hmm. He manages to pull that off. Now, the defense bailed him out. True. However, the offense still needs to show up. Right. And, you know, so. I mean, they did show up kind of. A win is a win. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, and, and Peyton Manning will be the first one to tell you that. I mean, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl that he won in Denver. He was like, I mean, he may even commented on it at the ESPYs when they when they asked him to host it. He goes, you know, he goes, uh, unlike Tom Brady, I do know what it's like to have my defense carry me to a title, you know. And, <laughs> I mean, he, you know, so it's like, okay. But, you know, I mean, at this point, does Tom Brady have anything to prove to the rest of the world? No. But yeah. I think him playing this year, is Tom Brady proving something to himself? Um, are, are, is anybody going to be able to touch his Super Bowl records? No. I mean, as far as like appearances, wins, number of MVPs, 
uh, you know, it, no. I mean, hands down, Tom Brady is the, the the personification of the goat. I mean, when you've got the other actual goat in the world, Michael Jordan talking about Tom Brady being the goat, right? Hands down. I mean, that's that. I mean, that's all the like, love him or hate him. You cannot deny his his talent. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're like, oh, well, he deflated balls. Well, if you look at the stats from that game, his stats got better when the NFL reinflated the balls to the to, to regulation. Right. You know, but it's like, okay. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, I I, I like I'm I like Tim Tebow. Was he the best? No. Was he mediocre? Absolutely. But the reason why I like that guy is because he wears his convictions on his sleeve and he's mm -hmm. genuine. Exactly. You know, um, Tom Brady is very, very genuine and he keeps things, private things close to the vest, which is the way I think it should be. He's the first one to show up to the complex. He's the last one to leave usually. And if, if they're having a bad day as a team, the entire team hears about it. Yeah. You know, if Tom Brady is having a bad day, Tom Brady takes it out on a surface pad, you know, a tablet. But you 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 see that absolutely definitive drive, that that absolute desire to just go out there, rip people's heads off, shit down their necks, and screw their heads back on straight. And you know, I mean, everybody's going to have <clears throat> arguments for and against themselves, but. You know, I think I think Tom Brady's out there doing what he needs to do. Now, it, I think the biggest story, um, one of the bigger stories, Trey Lance, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, right? Starter. He's announced the starter, Jimmy Garoppolo, who led them to the playoffs into the NFC Championship game last season. Not only did he go through the ups and downs of, well, am I going to get re-signed? Am I going to go sign somewhere else? Well, I'm going to get signed, but I'm going to get signed as a backup because they brought this Trey Lance kid in as the next incarnation of Steve Young, right? <laughs> so what's Trey Lance do? He goes to a strip club and he makes it rain. <clears throat> what's ha what happens to him in the in, in the game? He blows out his ankle, or you know, I mean, he had a leg injury, so it was either his knee or his ankle. I can't remember which, but he gets carted off, and here comes Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> he comes in he's like all right i'm not gonna sit there and pull my shirt open and show my you know show my superman crest but we know you know <laughs> metaphorically that's exactly what i'm doing yeah yeah metaphorically right but i i think one of the the funniest funniest games um <laughs> i mean did, did you guys watch the buffalo tennessee game last night no, I was cramped up. Uh, Tennessee went up to Buffalo to play on Monday night. Stefan Diggs, wide receiver for the, the Bills, caught three touchdowns last night. The Bills embarrassed the Tennessee Titans on national television 41-7. to seven. Jesus! <laughs> you know. I mean, I mean, but still, you but know, I'm is. like, I'm like, at least, at least put up some kind of 
fight. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia was all over the Minnesota Vikings, twenty-four to seven. But I'm like, mm-hmm. that forty-one to seven. Ooh, ooh. That's, yeah, that's that's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, but well, it, um, you know, games like that usually uh, they only have that kind of a big score and everything. Like if you're in college and everything, and you rarely see those in the right. These are professionals um, playing yeah. a professional level exactly. game. And the only saving grace that Tennessee had was Derrick Henry when he made that like four-yard scramble up the middle to score a touchdown on the ground. Tennessee's got a lot of work to do. Um, uh, the, and then Dallas finally cracks the win column last or yesterday. Yeah, they actually did really good. And, and I was in I the was first trying. half. Yes. They played the first half. Really it was 20 Dallas, they, can't, they either played the first half really good or the last half. They can't play the whole game. It's, it's, you got to pick or choose. It's a half. No, I'll I, tell you what. It was still I'll 20 to three. So, well, here's the thing <laughs> I had Cincinnati to win this game just because Joe Burrows comes in off of a really bad opener. You know, everybody's like, all right, Super Bowl hangover should be done with now. He got sacked what six times yesterday? Oh yeah, or Monday or Sunday? Yeah, six times. Three of those, three or was it three of those or four of those? Um, it's because uh, Chris wasn't there. His yeah, name is, that's what it was. Right we weren't. We didn't have any black rifle coffee there. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> right? My bad. That's my bad. You you should have left some when you left the first time. <laughs> We do actually. We have the kiosks open upstairs. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but I was just saying, you know. We, we didn't give any to the team. That's where we fucked up. Which one of you right. fuckers spiked it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, but Micah Parsons, dude. Uh, I mean, he had he had two sacks. Yeah. Um Light, uh, Light and Van Der Esch had one sack. Uh, Dante Fowler had a sack. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong had a sack. I'm just like, ooh. There was a little kid in a wheelchair. He had a sack. Dude, I mean, they could have put Bobby Boucher in there. <laughs> and he'd have done, he he, he would have done the, the, the Captain Encino, you know, poke him right in the eye. But, I mean, Joe Burrows. That is Joe good. Joe Burrows. Sunday afternoon, Joe Burrow spent more time on his back than certain females that you and I know, David. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're not going to mention any names, but um, we all have those problems. That's why we're all here. We're all friends, right? Why are y'all friends? <laughs> Yeah, all right well okay i'll say this joe burrows had he he's had more time on his back sunday afternoon than than a lot of the oscar foxtrot people that we talk about on our on our other shows i was i was gonna go with the fact of uh i was gonna hand her uh, hand him divorce papers <sighs> I, I felt i felt that bad i was like mm. I might as well divorce. You're not even married to him. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but you want to know something about Joe Burrows? He handled it with class. 
and he had a face that was straighter than some of the poles that the women in uh, women in Wichita Falls dance on. This <laughs> is true. So, <laughs> I mean, so, um, I mean, but I mean, are close. So to Cincinnati. Life. Okay, so with the exception of the field goal that Dallas kicked in the fourth quarter, they were absolutely going nowhere, doing nothing. The Cincinnati defense made the adjustments that they needed to make. And I mean, so they, it was, it was 17 to three at the end of the half, right? Come out of halftime, Cincinnati puts up a pair of field goals in the third quarter. Dallas doesn't do anything. Um, and then Cincinnati, what did they do? Did they, did they, they scored a touchdown and went for two, right? Is that, if I remember correctly, um, they put up eight points in the fourth quarter and then Dallas only puts up a field goal and it's like, I mean, if the, if if they hadn't been able to do that, what what are we looking at here? Are we looking at another Colts Texans game where it ends in a tie at the end of overtime? I mean, you know, Cowboy Nation, fine, great. I have I have a I have a Vanderess jersey. My wife is a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys fan by by default. But but it always but I I. And I'm a I have to side. I have to side with a lot of the haters. Where I'm just like, I don't want to hear "we damn boys" because we ain't shit right now, you know. And it's like, what does a Cowboys fan do after watching their team win the Super Bowl? No, no, no. It's not turn off the Xbox. It's pull the VHS tape out of the fucking VCR because that's the last time the Cowboys won a won a Super Bowl was when their highlight film was put on a tape, a VHS tape. And it was sold as part of the Sports Illustrated subscription package. You know, I, I still, I still like that uh, TikTok video that's going around. They, uh, the Cowboys found a white substance. They couldn't figure out what it was. Right. Yes, and, and it was the goal and, line. And, right. Yeah. Goal line, and, and it's not gonna make it there like anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's like that. It's a. It's that old joke, right? It's. It's the. Uh, you know, this kid. He was beat, and he was malnourished, and he was kept in a closet. And then CPS comes in and they take the kid and his parents to court and they're trying to figure out what to do with this kid. And, you know, the the aunts and uncles are just as bad as the parents are, if not worse. The the grandparents all have like indecency with child, you know, charges. So that's a no-go. Ah. They go so with, the, the judge ultimately awards the kid or the Dallas Cowboys the you know custody of the kid because they can't beat anybody because they can't beat anybody you know <laughs> I mean I've got a joke for the Yankees too it's like how many Yankees fans does it take to change a light bulb zero because they're all too busy standing around talking about how great the old one was. <laughs> And I have said that to Yankees fans <laughs> at the ballpark and they look at me and they, they've got that glint in their eye. They want to look at you be like, motherfucker. But they look at you and they're like, <laughs> you know what? But he's not you're right. You, you're right. You're out of line, but you're not wrong. Or, you know, or so. she's a, or she's a 10, but she's a Cowboys fan. And it's like, well, she's not expecting a ring. So you should be good. <laughs> right. Right. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, but and, and now, now coming out of that game, what I will pull from that game as far as kind of sort of being a positive, Cooper Rush probably outperformed everybody in the nation's expectations of him. You know, and all the while, Jerry Jones is sitting up there going, yeah, I told you I was right. No, fucker, I think he got lucky. You know, because yeah, it, it was one of those things. Uh, I mean, I I literally told you last week. I was like, I don't because you you picked the Bengals, and I was like, I could see it because they Prescott is out because it broke hand. I think uh, Chris has something to do with it. It's just one of my things. Now, I, I'm blaming someone that actually mean all the bullshit is is my fault. I I do right. think you now. Win. What's yeah, going to be interesting is it's going to see all right. How do the Cowboys handle this? Because they're going to New York to the Meadowlands on Monday night to play the two and O Giants. That's a divisional game. Uh, I don't. I don't think uh, Cowboys might not make that one. I mean, <sighs> it depends on what version of the defense shows up with Dallas. Yes, if exactly. the defense that showed up that played last week or the, you know, this past Sunday. Oh yeah. If oh they yeah. Show up and Micah Parsons goes absolutely batshit crazy. And he's got Demarcus Lawrence along, along with him. If he, if he's, I mean, they, I mean they were throwing packages. Now, Chris, did you good. see this where they were lying to Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence up on the same side? Chris? No, you, no, you didn't see that. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I did. I, I actually had my kids this weekend, so I didn't get a lot of. Uh, oh, okay, so so all right, I get it. So you you were you were doing um, dad stuff. You were doing hot dad shit, right? I got you. Hot dad all right, stuff, yeah. hot dad stuff. Okay, all right. So I'm not going to put these picks on our Facebook page. If you want to write these down and post them yourself, David, go for it. I just don't want to take the time to do it, at least not in this half of the season. So. Um, we're looking at the Ravens at Patriots. Now, the Ravens ended up losing in a grand fashion. They had a huge lead against the Dolphins. The Dolphins come back and actually beat the Ravens. Um, so they're one and one versus the Patriots, who are one and one also, because the Patriots finally cracked the win column against the Steelers. I'm going to go with the Ravens on that one. I agree. Um, <laughs> now, the Jets, who also cracked the win column, last weekend are hosting the Bengals who are 0 two. Now I think the Bengals finally get their act together and they're going to beat the jets. I know that's a little bit of a no brainer. Of course. Um, now the Owen two Raiders at the Owen two Titans. Now, if we ever wanted to have the textbook definition of mediocrity, <laughs> Okay, the offensive line for the Las Vegas Raiders cannot protect Derek Carr to save their lives this year. They proved it two weeks in a row, but I think that they are going to figure it out and then they're going to beat the Titans at uh, in Tennessee. The Titans are going to go to zero and three. Raiders are going to win that game. That's just my take. Now the Eagles at the Washington. DC commanders because obviously even the Washington commanders thinks that they're in Washington state. So they don't even know where they are. 
Dude, right, you know. I got so fucking confused. <laughs> I was not even fucking joking. We went over this last episode. I was like, dude, you know what I just did? You did you see where the mer- where the commanders yes. had like coffee cups with yeah, the those coffee mugs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris sent me this. I was like, okay. <laughs> I literally, literally in my head, I was going, I was like, okay, they made merchandise for their team. Big deal, Chris. What the fuck is that? Oh, it's like Washington D.C. Washington Commanders, and they're in Maryland. They play in Maryland. And I was, I felt so fucking stupid after that. <laughs> I, it just goes out how much football I do not know. Right. So now we're talking Philadelphia, who is two and zero, versus the Washington District of Columbia Commanders. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going Philly on that one. Absolutely. I mean, because, yeah, they've got the brand new branding. They've got the new logos, the new uniforms. That that doesn't help you when your front office doesn't give you the tools to win games. Exactly. They're still so, they're still the Redskins. Like, let's not. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just we're we're gonna call a spade a spade. Um, so we're gonna take Philadelphia on that one. Now the Jaguars of Jacksonville going into Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Both of them host. A one and one record, but I'm taking the Chargers on that one because it's a home game. And well, let's face it, Lawrence is just not all he's cracked up to be. I mean, he once he realizes that he's not playing backyard ball at Auburn, there's nowhere else for him to go. So he he really doesn't do any kind of uh, well. He, he's, he's not. He, I mean, he'll, he'll have he'll have his moments and everything, and then. As soon as it, it, it's, it's, it literally is the way you described it. It's like a switch. And he's like, well, I mean, he's lining up and he's trying to, I mean, he's decent. He does a decent job at, at recognizing defensive packages lining up on the other side of the ball. What he doesn't do a do a good job of, he doesn't do his, his, he doesn't do his check downs. No, I mean, he, he either goes first check down I'm running it and he doesn't look at any of his other receivers and I mean for a kid who who was drafted on his legs he doesn't use them very well and I don't know I just I the, the system that he came out of and at the time when he was drafted under Urban Meyer he just I I think that the days of the one-dimensional mobile quarterback are kind of done you know when when you get a quarterback that comes in and all he's good for is his legs put a pair of receiving gloves on him and make his ass a tight end exactly you know um so we're going to take the chargers in that one now the rams versus the cardinals that one's a little bit of a toss-up i think that the rams have a little bit of an advantage in that particular game but I don't. I think the Cardinals. I I, it might be slim, but the Cardinals are going to actually take I it. Do so. you think the Cardinals are going to take that one? The I reason think, I mean, why. One. The reason why on that one is mm-hmm. because uh, last game it, it just goes to show that the uh, whole uh, God the fucking drugs. Uh, they were slacking a lot on the game. It's like uh what is it the the Super Bowl uh 
uh, once they win a super uh, once someone wins the super bowl they lack a little bit well I mean, you're talking about super bowl hangover now yeah. usually that that usually lasts about a week and and it's like you see the the, the defending super bowl champions come into the opener and And this is funny right here. Okay. <laughs> looking at this as a screen. Because I see you looking down uh, down at him, and I'm looking down at him like, he's like. <laughs> so, so like, right, yeah. It's it. like a really twisted, it's like a really twisted Brady Bunch opening. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, except Mr. Brady needs to be in between two dudes as opposed to next to his wife. But, you know, it's whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh then you see alice the maid she's got over there she's got a tourniquet on her arm and she's sitting here <laughs> like alice what are you doing figuring out a way to put up with y'all you know but uh <laughs> no, uh they they've actually, oh, okay they so kyler murray Ky- kyler murray may come in to this game because they they figured it out last week so I think. Well, actually, no. They lost last week. Didn't they, they lost last week. That's when I was. Yeah, they did. They they did. They lost last week. So either they're going to have a really good week at practice because the coach should have, and by all intents and purposes, needs to break his foot off in their rear end. I think the Rams are going to come in. I think the Rams are going to win this one by a field goal. No, they, it's going to be. It's going to be. No, it's going to become won, a kicker last week. They won. It's gonna. I know, but it's gonna become a. It's, but still, it's gonna be a kicker's duel. Okay. Okay, because the Rams' offensive line is not that good. If it wasn't for Cooper Cup, they would be completely and totally one-dimensional. Okay. Yeah. Hands down. So I think it's gonna be a kicker's duel. I think the Rams are gonna come out on top by a field goal. Um, so then we're going to move on to the Falcons, who are 0-2 versus the 1-1 Seahawks. They're playing in Seattle in the House of Boom. Ah, as, as, much, as much as I despise the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks are going to take this one. The 12th man is going to show up, and they're going to just the, – the, the Falcons aren't going to know what to do. Yep. Even though the Falcons play in that nice Mercedes-Benz studio, uh, stadium down in Atlanta – it doesn't get nearly as loud there. It didn't even get that loud during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Whereas you go to Seattle, it's an open air stadium, and they on the regular top out over 110 decibels. Yep. So that is the loudest stadium. It is. Yeah. Um, now we've got the one and one Packers at the Buccaneers. Um, that one's hard, man. Yeah, because um, they're they're both actually uh, pretty. Yeah, I, I'm going to give this one to Tom Brady. I, I think Tom Brady is going to beat Aaron Rodgers again. Um, I think that's what. And it's then gonna you're going to see. And then you're going to see this. Aaron Rodgers is going to pull his hair back in his man bun, and he's going to get in front of the camera for the post game interview, and he's going to be like, "Well, you know, we've obviously got some things to work on." Um, you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta hand it to Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers. They they came to play. That's they're a great team across the way, but uh, we've got some things to do. And and he's going to do everything but congratulate them on the win. And you're going to take everything away from his post game speech uh, in the media center as saying, "We we beat ourselves." 
No, what's going to happen, he's going to pull a Mike Epps. That, that's a new thing now we can do. It, is he's going to just mouth off and say, well, it's Tom Brady. What do you expect me to do? Well, okay. So the only reason why the Packers won, yeah, the only the only only reason why the Packers won is because they got a BS call for a touchdown. I saw a meme on Reddit yesterday today. <laughs> it was like, "Are you sure that was a touchdown?" And it showed the referee doing a Lambo leap. Okay. So. Yeah. Subtle. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's just real subtle there. But um so Sunday night's game is gonna be the 49ers at the Broncos. Uh so the 49ers are gonna take Jimmy G. They're gonna go face Russell Wilson in the Mile High Stadium. Um and I, I, I'm gonna give that one to the Broncos. I'm gonna give that one to the Broncos because Russell Wilson, he's just too good of a quarterback to keep to just one touchdown a game. Yep. He's going to go off. He's going to go. He's going to throw for three touchdowns. He might throw a pick on that on that Sunday night. But the Broncos are going to come out and they're uh, over the over the Forty Niners. Nope. Um, the game that we missed is uh, the Steelers are going to go into Cleveland. I'm taking the Steelers all the way. Yep. You know because the Browns are going to be the Browns. You know they're like we got our win versus our old quarterback. Well, your old quarterback didn't have an offensive line or a defense to come show up for him. And you almost lost that game. Yeah. So I'm going mean, to take the Steelers. The Steelers are going to go into the doghouse and they're going to quiet the place down. In fact, by the third quarter, you're going to start seeing Cleveland fans leaving the stadium. Blow out. Mark it an eight, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we still, we don't, uh, the court. When, when's the uh, court date for his? Uh... Don't know. Don't care. Haven't heard any updates. Well, actually, his uh, his uh, uh, appeal went to mediation. And remember, we had talked about this. Roger Goodell appointed uh, a former New Jersey state attorney general. Yeah. Uh, as the special counsel who has acted on behalf of NFL, the NFL front office as special counsel before. Deshaun Johnson was suspended for 11 games. He went from a six-game suspension to an 11-game suspension yeah. and was ordered to pay like $2 million. I thought it was five. Or it would maybe five. Yeah, yeah. it's like $5 million, but he's did got you, an 11-game suspension. Did you hear anything about this? The the John, uh, John, what the fuck is his name? Watson? The John Deshaun Watson. Watson? Yeah. Deshaun Watson, yeah. Yeah, okay, so Deshaun Watson... He, he, he was a quarterback down here for the Texans, and he had like 24 different counts of sexual misconduct from massage, uh, massage therapy, uh, massage therapists, right? The grand jury here in Houston failed to bring him charges, and they no-billed it because they didn't have compelling enough evidence, right? So he immediately leaves town, gets traded to, uh, to Cleveland. Cleveland offers him like... $250 million. Yeah, $250 million contract, right? Huge guaranteed money up front. And then somebody else steps forward, and then somebody else steps forward, and then somebody else steps forward. And even though there was no criminal charges brought forward, all these massage therapists and all these victims started filing civil suits against him. And, and then it started coming out that he was tampering 
or that his lawyers were tampering or something along those lines. And instead of settling out of court with these ladies, um, the NFL stepped in and said, all right, he violated the, the, the behavior or the, the, the behavior and conduct policy. They suspended him initially for six games with no fine. And then he said, oh, I'm going to appeal that. He started the last game of the preseason. He started the last game of the preseason, got booed off the field, and then went to mediation, and his suspension went from six games to 11. So he's not coming back until week 12. Yeah. And when he when he does come back, if he's expecting to get the Michael Vick treatment where people are going to boo him but then cheer him on, because let's just face it, that's what people in Philadelphia do. Um, he's got another thing coming because the Sean Watson's just a piece of garbage. I mean, he's he's a uh, uh, cockwomble. That's that was that's one of our terms. But uh, I like so. All right, now before we get into NASCAR news, real quick, which there is some to go over, I am going to. Uh, you get to be privy to this, man. This is going to be great. Um, I'm going to give my son a call and. We're going to do our favorite, favorite segment. So give me just a second here. This is a joke time with Colin. Hey, bud. Hi. Hey, you ready? Get gear up. Side. Yeah, see, no, I wasn't upside down. You were. But all right, so let me, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when your intro is ready, okay? All right. <clears throat> here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Angry Faithful, LLA. It's that time, once again, we all gather around the campfire with a tin cup full of hot coffee, whiskey, maybe a little bit of bread. But it's joke time with Colin. Didn't, right, didn't hear any of that. What's the difference between Paul Walker and Betty White? Paul Walker made it to a hundred before he died. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Fuck. Oh, he's not wrong. I mean he's wrong. He's not wrong. I need the dolls. I need the I need the Bob Ross bed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're calling touchy. It's right there. The whole thing, right? Okay, right there, right there, did he? It's right, right there. Yeah. All right, buddy, that was awesome. You have a good day today. That was a good one. That was good. You have a good day, bud. Yeah. All right, I'll give you guys a call tomorrow, okay? Okay. All right, love you, buddy. Love you. Later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all. Are you ages. are you are you using your uh laptop to FaceTime them? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cutting off your mic and for some ungodly reason it's well yeah, because it cuts off the mic because the FaceTime plays over the laptop speakers. Oh, okay. So you're able to still hear them, obviously. But um until we get him set up on Zoom where we can bring him in. Yeah. But anyways. Now the outro.
that was so rudely interrupted, looking at you, David. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, that is my genetic code on display for your eyes and your ear holes. I hope that you feasted well and that you were left wet, sloppy, and put away, very used and disheveled. That was joke time with Colin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is that's my that's that's literally my genetic code on display, everybody. That that's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, so NASCAR news. Uh, the playoffs that we've already we've just finished the round of sixteen. We've moved into the round of twelve. Um, we've got nineteen different winners this year. It, it tied a record uh, for uh, all time season high for number of different winners uh, over the course of a season. Um, oddly enough, the first three rounds of the playoffs, the first three races of the playoffs did not see a playoff winner or driver win a race. They all three winners during this first round of 16 were non-playoff drivers. Now, does this count towards their career total? Yes. Does this help them out as far as moving up in points? Yes. But do they still, but they don't get to, they don't get to race for the championship. Okay. So remember after uh, when, when the playoffs stop or start, it's only the top 16 drivers in points and wins. They get to qualify for, for the chase. Yeah. Okay. So um, Christopher Busher from Texas uh, won the cup series race at Bristol on Saturday night. It was a Saturday night, Bristol under the lights type race. Um, man, Chase Elliott was charging hard. I thought he was going to pull it off. If he had maybe a couple more laps, he might've pulled that off, but uh Man, it, it was that was a good race to watch. Um, Kyle Bush made his announcement. Um, he is leaving Joe Gibbs Racing at the end of this season, and next year is taking over driving responsibilities for the number eight car for Richard Childress Racing. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, um, oh, and on the Xfinity side, the Black Rifle Coffee driver, Noah Gregskin, has won three races in a row. He has been tearing it up. Oh, he has been on fire, and I love this kid. And, and you know, about a, oh, two, two months ago, uh, two and a half, almost three months ago, I mean, people were talking about how he was immature, and, you know, he was getting it. I mean, he, he was at uh, uh, Road America over there in uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And he deliberately wrecked somebody and it cost him points. And, you know, I, Kelly Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. pulled him aside at JR Motorsports. And they were like, look, bro. And they had to talk with him. Um, and I was listening to it and and. I, I was listening to Dale Jr.'s download um, earlier this week, and they were talking about Noah Grex, and and, and he had even made, made the observation. He's like, look, man, I mean, here you are. Like, this kid, even like two months ago, was just like, what are you doing? Intentionally wrecking people. Now, I mean, he looks more cup-ready than any of the other drivers. Yep. You know, so, and <laughs> I just hate the fact that he shotguns White Claw. <laughs> you know because dale jr when dale jr went to the uh yeah he, he shotguns the 300s before the race he's got to come back down somehow so yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Counter effect. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, but, <laughs> like, you know, because, I mean, Dale Jr. was like, you're going to drink this beer with me. He's like, I don't like beer. Well, I don't care. Hold the beer up like you're drinking it. We're getting this picture. He says, I got my picture. Um, just do the Steve Austin thing and just let it run out. Yeah. Yeah, just. It's exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I mean, I, it's just white claw. I mean, at the very least, drink like. I mean, it's mostly latte. water. Any, yeah, it's <laughs> mostly water anyways. Right. Get a Coors Light. It's, yeah, it's basically water. Oh, I, t- I tell you what. I tell you what. And, and and you need to talk to Evan Aker about this or whoever is in charge of creative design, but come out with an alcoholic coffee beverage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're all down for it, of course. And they actually do. So at the, actually in the stadiums, at the, uh, at the Cowboys Stadium, they actually do alcoholic drinks out of those kiosks there. Oh. See, then they, they need to oh, package they, that. They need to market that, that sure. sell well, it to the grocery have, store. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough that that Black Rifle stuff is put in cheaper bags and it's sold well, they at also have They also have like uh, – Yeah, I have no comment on that. Uh, they also have like uh, uh, Le- Lead Slinger too. Yeah. Well, that's actually – that belongs to JT. Yeah. Lead Slinger is JT. Yeah. But, so, but as far as like under the Black Rifle brand – yeah. They need to have, even if they do... 100%, like a hard coffee. Yeah, hard coffee. Do a hard coffee seltzer or something. I don't care. Get into that market. And then <laughs> that way, that way, whenever Noah Gregson wins a race... <laughs> he could shotgun that at the end He could shotgun a black rifle, hard drink, oh, hard coffee on national TV in victory lane. And finally, you know, like somewhat of a man. Right. <laughs> At least make it a hard as fuck from from the drinking bros. Yeah, because there's no yeah, yeah. like anything but white claws, man. I don't. Think it would be better than. But than I, I mean, I would love. I okay, I don't, I don't know if you've got any inside information on this, Chris. But like, okay, so let's just say that Noah Gregson qualifies for the championship race in Phoenix. I'm willing to bet that not only. Does the owner of Bass Pro Shop show up in Phoenix? But I'm willing to bet that Evan, JT, Matt—they're all going to show. They're all going to fly out there because if they've got a chance to show, to to stand in Championship Victory Lane, I like. I don't see their schedules and all that, but I would be very surprised. I I can almost guarantee we would probably end up having an events team out there, and then uh, and then having them. I can, Somewhere in the winter circle would be oh hell yeah. I can see JT doing I can see JT doing it only because he's he's really into I mean he's a fucking dude. Drunk I can see now. JT wanting to get in the pace car, man. That would be awesome. Have JT sit in the pace car. Oh, did yeah. you did you see the uh, um that uh Justin uh Justin Dunley Dunley or whatever? Yeah. Okay, did you see his NASCAR bit TikTok from <laughs> over the weekend? That. He, they, yeah. he, he was in the he was in the pace car at Bristol. He didn't get to drive. So the NASCAR official is driving, and he's like, "Don't touch the radio! Don't touch the radio!" And, and Justin's over there going, "Well, Aaron Tipton said Aaron Aaron Tipton's not driving this pace car. I am. Stay off the radio." You know, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, I know where he was going with that." You know, because there's a song Aaron Tipton had had out. Is it ain't nothing wrong with the radio? 
and you know, because I mean, I would I would halfway expect him to get on the radio and be like, "Listen, did you know?" <laughs> that's that that's what I was racing. expecting when he turned it on to have his voice come out of it and and say something stupid like that. That was yeah, yeah, yeah you know. But <laughs> I would love to have that. A black, a black rifle coffee, so I could yeah. see him. Yeah, yeah he's wearing his. Yeah, oh, he, he wears shit all the time. Yeah. 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 He wears that stuff all the time. He wears Bucky stuff all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy I knows. Down, I think he's, where, where is he at? I forget. I thought I've found out. I would love to think. I would love to find out if he's down here anywhere. I, I, I would, he's love, in I would absolutely love that. I oh, yeah. I, I know he's in Texas. He's in Texas. Because I just don't know if he's in the Houston. amount of Bucky's gear he's got. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, for a guy that, I mean, like his his videos, they weren't in the car. It started out like, hey, honey, do you want to hear a joke? And she's like, no, he's just, I don't really care. You know, <laughs> and I was like, I, I've been following this guy since then. And I'm like, right. yeah, he'd be knocking on her door because she's a teacher. He'd be knocking on her door in the classroom. And, yeah. You know, hey, I got to be like, I, I'm busy. What do you want? <laughs> right. Exactly. But um, it's going to be uh, the NASCAR. Uh, the Xfinity guys and the Cup guys are going to be in Texas this weekend for the first race of the round of 12. Um, man, I I wish wrong. I had tickets to go. That's, that's oh, dude. Good. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, and with this new car, dude, it's, it's hard yeah. to nail down. So, I mean, obviously, Chase Elliott, who's won there, um, Kyle Larson, who's won there, Joey Logano and Danny Hamlin are going to be the favorites going into this race. Um, now, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Joey Logano is not in the playoffs anymore. I think. Let me let me let me verify that real quick. Um, well, since oh we're- no, Joey Logano is second. Um, and what sucks is because he didn't even finish the race on Saturday, but I don't know. There it is. Um, so we're looking at the top 12 drivers right now. The number two of Austin Cindric. Now I saw a TikTok video. Uh, they kind of brought up a really good point. Um, Austin Cindric was just below the cut line Saturday for a majority of the race. Um, and the only person in front of him was Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch had to retire because his car broke, right? And there, there was really no way for um, Austin Sendrick to advance in the playoffs unless, you know, I mean, unless the car started dropping out of the race, right? So what's Joey Logano do? He's safe. He's already considered advanced, right? Something mysteriously happens with his car and he has to retire. He pulls it into the garage. So that takes one more car off the track that advanced Austin Sindrick up one more position and put him above the cut line and eliminated uh, Kyle Busch from, from the playoffs. Really? So hmm. Penske's out there manipulating playoff races. Sounds like it. That's, yeah, but you're not going to be able to ever prove that. 
you know, you really and, can't. And, and it, it, I mean, you can't. I mean, even if they were able to prove it, I don't know that NASCAR's got any rule that says anything about it. I mean, other than the, um, it's almost as bad as going up to work and he's like, you know what? Most of that stuff's already done. I'm going to go ahead and jet and go home. Yeah. I'm still gonna you know, You're still going to pay. You're still going to pay. But we, we've got Austin Cedric uh, in 12th. Daniel I mean, would, Suarez. Um, more or less be a sponsor uh, type deal because he's he's not out well, there doing the sponsorship, uh, driving around and everything like that. So it would. Again, that goes back to having to prove it. Now, they do record all of the in-car audio through via radio communications, but what's not monitored by NASCAR are the private channels that the teams use exclusively. Because they've got two different radios in those cars. The scanner channel that the fans are able to listen to is monitored by NASCAR, and it's also recorded by NASCAR, but the teams also have a private channel as well. Yeah. Now, unless you know what those private channel frequencies are, you're you're not going to be able to hear it. Yeah, so, it, would, so, it would it would more or less have to be he he would have to fuck up royally. Yeah, I mean he would have to have a hot mic moment or something like that. But uh, Daniel Suarez, he's in the eleventh spot right now. Alex Bowman, who drives a forty eight uh, Chevy Ally Chevy for uh, Hendrick Motorsports, he's in a tenth position. Chase Briscoe, who drives the 14 car for uh, Stuart Haas Racing, um, he's in ninth. You got Ryan Blaney, a Penske driver who drives the number 12 uh, Menards uh, Mustang. He's in the eighth position. Christopher Bell, I, I'm kind of excited and happy for this kid. Um, he had a great car for a majority of the night on Saturday. Just the tires went away and something broke. So, I mean... The, the way that the, the, the speeds that this new car is allowing these drivers to carry off into the corners is putting a lot of load on that back right rear tire. And it was causing a lot of tire issues over the course of the, over the course of the race Saturday night. Um, uh, Danny Hamlin, who is the uh, uh, Joe, other go, uh, Joe Gibbs entry. He's in the number six position, William Byron, who drives the uh, 24 Liberty University, Alaska uh, Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports. He's in the fifth position. Kyle Larson, your defending champion, is seated fourth right now. Ross Chastain, who drives the number one car for Trackhouse Racing, he's in the number three position. And then you got Joey Logano, who I could care less about. Um, I am not a Logano fan at all. Um, I'm more of a Kyle Busch fan than I am a Joey Logano fan, and I'm an Earnhardt guy. I mean, hello, right? So... um, He's in the second position. Then you got Chase Elliott, who drives the number nine Hooters car uh, for uh, Napa uh, Camaro for uh, Hendrick Motorsports. He's in the seat. He's seated first right now. Um, and see, when, whenever the, the new rounds start, they they reset those drivers' points to like the three thousand point mark, and whatever bonus points that you get for stage wins, stage finishes, victories, um, a victory guarantees you an advance into the next round. Uh, finishing positions, things like that, 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 that's how they d- dictate the, the pecking order um, going into either the next race or the next round. But um, I, I, I really think unless in, in this round that's coming up, uh, the round of 12, it has got a very, very diverse set of tracks. Um, so let me see here. 
um, this for, for, so we're at Texas Motor Speedway. It's an intermediate mile and a half track, right? Um, we're talking 24 degree banking in the turns, uh, pretty flat back stretch. And then you've got that, that dog leg left, you know, front trioval, right? Um, going into after, after Texas, they go to Talladega. Talladega, two and a half miles, 33 degree banking in the turns, straight, narrow, I mean, straight, long back stretch. The back stretch is almost a mile long by itself. And then you're coming out of turn four, you've got a short little straightaway before you hit that front trioval. And the start finish line is almost all the way down there to going into turn one. Um, Talladega, restrictor plate, uh, restrictor plate track. Um, and that's kind of a misnomer. They don't use restrictor plates anymore because they don't use carburetors. They use fuel injection on these cars, but they do dial back the airflow on these cars, uh, reducing horsepower to keep the speeds at a more safe distance, you know, safe limit. Um, but still it's a, it's, oof. so you've got an intermediate track, a super speedway. And then the last race of this particular round before they go into the round of eight is the Charlotte Motor Speedway road course or the Charlotte Roval. And the way they call it the Roval because they use the road course on the inside part of the track, but that also comes out onto the back, you know, uh, up onto the racing surface itself. And they spend just as much time distance wise on the track part that they do as they do the road course part. And it's it's funny because uh, the the Charlotte Roval turn one, man, you want to talk about calamity corner? It <laughs> you, it's like you, they forget what the brake pedal is when they go into that turn, or when the entire pack is starting, you know, on a restart, and then you get all forty two cars, all forty cars jamming in trying to make that corner, and they're all bouncing off each other, yeah. using the other cars as a pick to make that turn, and man I, it's just it's a fun race to watch um I, I really think that that nascar needs to get away from these road courses i mean because they're just saturating next year they're doing a road course race in chicago what downtown chicago downtown. oh yeah that's right so you know and, and and i saw it on reddit it was a beautiful meme you remember the <laughs> the, the nascar race cars the 48 and the uh and the 88 car that or the the eight car rather that the, that were in the second Transformers movie, mm-hmm. they were all gunned up and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. They were like, yeah, NASCAR is getting ready for the Chicago road race, you know. And I'm like, that's yeah. hilarious, right? I mean, the the longest straightest part of the track, yeah, the longest straightest part of the uh, straightest part of the course is going down Lakeshore Drive before they cut back in through downtown. Mm. And I'm just like, how are they going to provide for the safety of of the fans? Because you know damn well that there's going to be at least one NASCAR team that's going to get fucking robbed. They're going to go back to their hauler and that shit's going to be on the blocks. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or what? this is what's going to happen. Okay. I, I already got this pictured. Uh, one of the uh, guys that, are, uh, that steals tires and everything just accidentally hits in there and he makes it, fa- uh, he changes the tires faster than anybody else on the crew and everything that they hire him. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is saying a lot because those those one lug yeah those one lug now if they were smart they'd hit up the xfinity series guys instead of the cup guys because the cup guys use a single center lug nut versus the xfinity guys which use the traditional five lug nuts i mean 
those thunder guns that they use on those pit on those pit stops turn at 10,000 RPM. Jesus. <laughs> those guns run anywhere from 150 to $250,000 by themselves. Oh, there'll be three and, of them. And they are, cl- they are controlled by NASCAR. They do not, when they went to this new wheel with the new car, they took the guns away from all of the teams. Now the teams do get a gun that they have to sign and it's serial numbered. They have to pay for that gun from NASCAR for pit crew practices at their team, you know, team facilities, right? But they each have a serial number and they have to be accounted for by NASCAR every year, right? And so the reason why they did that is just like everything else, if you're a racer, you're going to try to find an edge. And you you had teams pouring millions of dollars into engine R&D, body fabrication, air tunnels, aerodynamic testing, downforce. They even went as far as to figure out I mean, you had teams spending millions of dollars trying to figure out how to get the most out of a thunder gun. Wow. I mean, I some of these thunder guns were turning at close to 15 to 20,000 RPM. Golly. Just to get that extra three fourths of a second on a pit stop. Yep. So, you know, I'm, I'm like sitting there going, oh, man, that's, that's, oh, wow. But then, okay, so after the Roval, the first first race from the round of eight, they're going back to an intermediate track. They're going out to Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and then they're going to the flattest track. And, and it's one of the, it's a favorite of a lot of guys. It's Miami Homestead. They used to host championship weekend at the end of the season, but a couple of years ago, they switched to the championship race from Miami Homestead all the way out to Phoenix. I'm like, okay. Um but uh, and then and then they're going to sh- they're going short track racing, dude. They're going to Martinsville, Virginia, for the last race of that round before Ooh. the cutoff. So you, you so next round you got your three races. You got Las Vegas, Miami, and then you got Martinsville. Um, and then at, you know the top four drivers after Martinsville move on to Phoenix to race at Phoenix Raceway. Um, yeah, I mean, if for in, in November on the sixth is the play, is the championship race, and uh, Chase Elliott knows how to get around that track. So does Kyle Larson. Um, I, I think the wild card that's going to be the consistent throughout the course of these playoffs is this new car because this is the first season that they fielded the next gen car. Um, I mean, they're still trying to figure out shit about this car that they didn't even think of during the test, the, the two or three years that they used to develop this car. Um, more recently, it was the, uh, now on the front, that that grill that you see up front, that is all open. The teams are not allowed to put any tape on that front grill to provide downforce, right? Um, what that front grill serves to do is it serves to have air move through the car, over the brakes, um, to help the brakes cool. It's also uh, the the bottom of that car is a completely enclosed. It's a carbon fiber she, uh, shelf that completely encloses the bottom of that car. So you got a lot of airflow that goes through there. And they've got these diffusers on the back of the car that help provide downforce, right? And it, and it makes the air more turbulent behind the car. It helps discourage things like bump drafting over longer distances and things like that. Yeah. So what was happening Kevin Harvick, they were at uh, Darlington, and his car caught on fire, like straight up burned, right? 
And then he, they, they, he was like, it's, this is a safety issue. Like my brakes went out and my car burned. I, what the hell? Right. Um, fire was coming in the cockpit and he had to extra, you know, he had to extract himself. Right. So what they did is they went in and they figured it out. They, they took that car to the tech center in, in Nashville and in Charlotte and they examined the car. They tore it apart and they were like, all right, why did this do what it did? And what they found out was, is that rubber debris, chunks of rubber that are coming off the tire, right? And it's just laying on the track, usually at the top of the track, sometimes at the bottom of the track, depending on what groove the guys are running at. It's getting in that grill and it's being pushed, right? So it comes in through the grill and then it goes out, right? And it goes out and, and then along the, 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 the door panels of the car. Now, what it does is it, it, that air passes through a fan that is there to, it, it, that fan's designed to cool the brakes, right? Because right? they got these huge brake packages on these cars to get them from, you know, anywhere from 200 miles an hour down to pit road speed, yeah. you know, and it's got to happen very quickly. So they have to run big rotors, big pads, big calipers, right? And that all that heat's got to go somewhere. And so to help dissipate that and to keep the, the brakes from popping beads on the top, on the rims, they got to cool the brakes. So what that fan started doing is it started picking up some of these chunks of rubber and blowing it onto the exhaust headers. Oh, shit. Yeah. So what NASCAR decided to tell everybody to start doing is, okay, you still can't put anything over that grill, but we want you to put a, 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 a plate just behind that grill that is higher than the bracing of that carbon fiber shell, right? So what that does is that allow, that gives the, the rubber a place to build up right in front of that, that, that plate, but it's still high enough where the rubber can't build up and go over, but the air still can flow. So they're going to continue to learn and they're going to continue to hone. And, and, and I mean, they're, they're not going to pass over things because NASCAR, since Dale Earnhardt Sr. died, Adam Petty, you know, uh, with the Ryan Newman wreck a couple of years ago with the Daytona 500, um, they're constantly trying to improve the safety of these race cars. Um, you know, so that became instantly mandatory. Every team had to have that on there. Um, you know, and so, I mean, they're, the, the drivers are starting to point out other inconsistencies and other, other concerns with the car and, and stuff that's not necessarily safety minded, but it's more of a, Hey, we understand why you wanted it this way, but it's making the racing A, B and C versus what you intended. Right. Um, and so, uh, like the rear splitter, it's like incredibly stiff. Um, and I mean, for, for those cars, they had to have, um, you know, they had to have, uh, those, those, those rear spoilers are made out of clear Lexan now. Uh, and that's so that way the drivers can see behind them. Now yeah. they've got the analog mirror in the car, but on the dashboard, they also have a video display like a video, uh, a video monitor that's shaped like a rear view mirror, but it's mounted to the dash. So they've got a rear facing camera on all of those cars. Now it's kind of like those new, uh, C8 or Corvettes. It's got, you know, how this they're slung low. So, and then the front's real slung low, but the hot top or the back end sticks up a little bit higher. 
Yeah. So it's like a huge blind spot. So if you look at the top of those new Corvettes, they've got a digital camera built in to that, that radio mast that's at the top. Yeah. And instead of a rear view mirror, a traditional rear view mirror, it's got a video display that is played in real time. So you can see what's going on behind you. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that, that camera, uh, plays real time video images for the drivers to, you know, to make those on, you know, on track decisions. I mean, obviously they've got their spotters in the stands and things like that, right. but being able to put your own eyes on it is a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're able to put your own eyes on it. And, uh, I wonder, know, if so, be, I wonder if there's a, uh, sound difference between, uh, having all that, uh, rubber in there. And maybe they could tell because I I do that a lot. I mean, I'm no, not necessarily. Um, drive around now. If you look at the way that the inside of a NASCAR race car is set up, um, those seats are bolted to the floor pans. Yeah, there's no there's no suspension on those seats, right. and, and then you hear the term "drive by the seat of your pants," and that's what these drivers are literally doing. Um, they're sitting in a seat, a carbon fiber shell that's bolted to the floor pan and they can feel through the different vibrations and sensations in the car, what's going on. Like, okay, if I'm coming through a turn, is my car plowing? Is it loose? Is it, you know, is it tight? What's the rear end doing? And, and they're able to tell what tire is going low or, you know, based just on solely how it feels on their ass. Yeah. And um, when you see like, okay, so just before they come back to green flag racing and they're, they're, you know, on a caution lap or something, you see those drivers turk their wheels from side to side and they're going back and forth like that. What they're doing is they're scrubbing their tires and they're cleaning their tires off of all the crap that they're, they've picked up from the, from the track. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, cause what happens is, is with those racing tires, as they're going through those turns, they're laying rubber into those turns into the track and they're built, you know, they're, they're establishing multiple racing grooves. Now, just by sheer centrifugal force and, and wind that comes off of those cars, what it does is it pushes all of that rubber that comes off the tires to the top of the track. And that's called the marbles, right? So if a guy gets too high up, you know, too high up on the track, you know, and, and he, and he, you'll hear this term every once in a while, you specifically hear it at like Indianapolis, like during the 500, you'll hear a guy got up in the marbles. That's what happens. Oh, okay. He's got these racing slicks on and they have to have heat in those tires for the, for the, for the rubber to get sticky. Yeah. So, and, and then they don't use traditional air in those tires. They use nitrogen. Now you see a lot of cars like road cars, street cars with the green valve caps. Oh, I've got nitrogen in my tires. That's great. But at the speeds that we drive and the distances that we drive and the frequency that we drive our cars, it really doesn't matter if we use nitrogen or not. It doesn't. We can use regular air and we get the same kind of ride. Now, the reason why they use nitrogen in racing tires is because nitrogen has a, has a predictable and incalculable, I hope that's a word. It is now yeah. um, <laughs> moisture content. Make it one. Okay. So, yeah. They can they can make adjustments to the way that a car handles by even making so much as a quarter pound of air adjustment in a racing tire on any one of the four corners of the car. Yeah, nice. So, um, 
Like say if a guy needs more speed at, at you know, at, for, you know, at, at a restart, then, you know, they know it's going to be a short run. They'll call them in, they'll put brand new tires on, but they may put like a pound or a pound and a half of air in the tire just to make the tires harder. So that way the tires come up to, you know, come up to, to, to temp a lot faster and it gives, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to, they're going to burn that tire up quicker, you know, just because of the speeds and, and the handling that that's going to provide the tire to make, but they're doing it over a shorter run versus, okay, well, I'm too loose at, you know, on, on the green flag. What they do is they may take like, air out of the tire like i said even so much as even a quarter pound and that'll affect instead of being loose to the turn uh indy car drivers and formula one drivers they talk about it being oversteer where you know you turn and then you can feel the rear end kind of kick out a little bit or maybe the front end plows a little bit and you feel like your car's moving up the track what they'll do is they'll take air out of the tire and it'll make that adjustment when they turn the wheel the load instead of being on the left front goes to the right rear and you've got more of a spring rate that you can, you can calculate because of the moisture content that you know is in nitrogen versus oxygen or air compressed air. You, you can adjust the handling on a car just using air adjustments on a, on a tire. Um, those, those uh, thunder guns that they use on the pit stops, those are also powered with nitrogen because you know, Chris, the, Air gun's worst enemy is moisture, right? Nitrogen is inherently dry. Right. Yeah. So, and they're able to maintain those higher RPMs for longer, specifically because they use nitrogen on those air guns. Right. Um, so, you know, and it's like when people sit there and they, and they watch a NASCAR race, like usually for the first couple of times, you know, they get bored, fall asleep during the race. It's like, oh, they're just driving left, turning fast, or driving fast, turning left, rather. Yeah. And, you know (laughs) yeah you go to a live race and go do yourself a favor david especially if it like even go to like the short track out there by the by the prison yeah okay go out there on friday nights and just watch the racing out there okay i I have okay if if they have the ability to let you listen to whatever radio chatters might be going on especially at an ascar event um you can go and you can rent scanners or you can buy a scanner yourself. Um, and when you go to a race, you go up to a uh, racing electronics uh, merchandise trailer, and they, they give you a, a list of radio frequencies for the different drivers in the field that day, yeah. right? You can tune your radio scanner into that team's channel, and you can listen to their entire conversation during the race. It's between the spotter, the crew chief, and the driver. Yeah. Okay. And you get so much more of an insight as to how technical racing is and how much more technical racing has become because you've got, I mean, you've got, I mean, now these, these cars have forced drivers to actually drive the cars. And that's the part that I like the most about it, but you've got engineers out there trying to figure out, okay, we know that the car, you know, I mean, let's just put it this way, the, the tire tech alone has got at least an associate's degree in engineering. And he's just out there calculating air pressures versus tire or uh, versus uh, tire life. Cause you know, those holes that you see uh, that, that go across the, 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 the tread of, yeah. of like a racing tire. All right. 
what they do is they take a, a micrometer and they sink it into one of those holes, right? It's and it measures tread life, just like if you go to Discount Tire and they measure the tread life on your street tire. Same yeah. principle. Now, okay. what they do is they'll go out there with a blowtorch and a scraper, and they'll they'll burn off the marbles across that pad across, uh, across the tread, so they can accurately measure how much ti- uh, how much wear that tire had left. Okay, yeah, and based on um you know based on what the uh tires doing they may be able you know they can make adjustments to to make the tires last longer they can tell the driver hey your right rear is wearing out faster than the other three so you know here based on your lap times and how far you are out in head you may be able to slow down through that particular corner make better lap times and not wear your tires out as much Try to find a different line. We can adjust the handling instead of riding the top. You can maybe ride the bottom a little bit. It's less of a load on your right rear tire. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, you can hear the driver complaining about the car. You can hear the driver complaining about other people on the track. Um, hear the hear the spotters talk about how you know their door bumper clear. You got a guy up high. You got a guy down low. You got a guy like you hear a lot of t- talk at like restrict restrictor plate tracks like Daytona, Atlanta Motor Speedway now. And uh, Talladega, they're talking about like, okay, well, you got the outside line and the inside line, they're coming, you might want to go ahead and make a move, you know, and there's just so much that goes on over the course of a single lap. Then you put that over the course of 500 or 400 miles or however long that particular race is. And it's, it, it takes your enjoyment of that racing experience up to another level because now you understand that, yeah, we, we know on TV that it's a team sport because without the pit crew, without the crew chief, that driver's out there going to run out of gas, right? Yeah. But the driver does a lot of the work. I mean, the driver does a majority of the work. He's out there making moves on the racetrack. He's the one actually wheeling the car. He's the one that, that's giving the feedback to his crew chief so they can make the appropriate adjustments to make that car the best that they can make it over the course of that particular race. But I'm like, I've been watching NASCAR for God, years, years. Um, I've always been an Earnhardt guy. You, I, you know, on Sundays, watch that black number three go around the track with my dad. And, uh, and then the junior started coming up to the ranks and started rooting for junior. And then when senior died, obviously junior is my boy. Right. Um, but and now that he's in the Hall of Fame and, you know, he's got his own race team on the Xfinity side, listen to his Dale Jr. download. I'm telling you, man, it's it's informative. It, it's eye-opening. And it's it's just overall, it's an, it's entertaining. It really well, is. We're trying, to get, we're trying to get someone from his uh, little group. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the... oh, I'm really working on that. Um, I don't know. Maybe well, you the... can help us out, Chris, because... I know that you don't work specifically for the brand itself, but they do sponsor the, the the number nine car. So maybe, you know, you could point me in the right direction because I've sent an email to JR Motorsports to try that, that approach. Well, let's, let's get a a little bit of uh, a clarity on this. What it is, is we want to get a lot of information of the, uh, the new, well, new but renewing of uh racetrack. What was what's the racetrack called? 
Oh, North Wilkesboro. Yeah, they're bring they're bringing back North. Uh, with- yeah, well they they had they had a uh, North Wilkesboro used to run. It was, it was a regular part of the of the of the schedule back in the nineties, um, and then the racetrack just kind of died. Right, uh, NASCAR left it, and it was starting. It, it was being grown over. Dale Jr.'s flying over the track on his way to Las Vegas to do a, a TV broadcast. And he emails or texts the uh, owner of the, of the, uh, of, of iRacing or no, the owner of North Wilkesboro. Right. And he's like, Hey man, um, I want to scan North Wilkesboro into, into iRacing. He's like, well, man, if you want to get out there and clean that track up, you go right on ahead. And so junior tweets out on Twitter, on his normal feed. Hey, you know, we got this opportunity to scan North Wilkesboro into iRacing. We just need some help. So they set up a date and people showed up. It was wet, rainy, it was miserably cold. It was in February. They went out there with weed eaters, wheelbarrows, front end loaders, and they cleaned the track off. Right. I mean, there, there's guys out there with blow torches blowing, you know, burning stuff that was growing up through the track. And they scanned it into the game. And it was one of the more popular tracks that was like being downloaded and raced on. People were like, man, this is awesome. And then so Dale Jr. decided to run a grassroots movement, got a hold of the owner of North Wilkesboro and said, hey, let's bring this track back to life. Let's, let's, let's get some racing done on it. And it culminated with a month of asphalt racing at North Wilkesboro to, to be capped off with a cars tour event that Dale Jr. himself was going to race in. It was a, a, a super modified event. Yeah. Right. Or a street stock event. Right. And Jr. gets out there I and mean, he announces that he's going to run his number three sun drop car that Jr. Motorsports is going to field because they do, they, they've got a driver, uh, two drivers in the, uh, the, the cars tour. And so Junior gets out there and he's like, man, this is, I'm nervous. He hadn't run a modified in 20 years. And so he's like, man, but I, this is North Wilkesboro. So, you know, he gets out there. He doesn't think he's going to do all that great. He qualifies sixth and, and finishes the race in third. And he had led it at one point and had a chance to win it at the end of the race. Nice. But um, they had 20,000 people in the seats for that race. Nice. And so um, NASCAR comes out, you know, because at the end of that race, they were going to tear out all the asphalt and they were going to make it a dirt track, run it for as a dirt track for one, for one month. And then they were going to repave it. Right. NASCAR comes out like two or three days after that modified event that Dale Jr. finished third in. And they announced that they want to move the all-star race from Texas Motor Speedway to North Wilkesboro. Mm. And that included the cup guys, the Xfinity guys, and the trucks. Yeah. So all-star weekend is going to have all three, all three major national touring series there at the race for that night or for that weekend rather. And it's going to culminate in the cup rate, uh, uh, the, the cup stars, uh, a cup all-stars race uh that saturday night or sunday night i think but that's like that that's mind-blowing like i just i I mean i listen to his download and i hear him talk about it and i heard his q and a's 
but I just want to pick his brain, right. you know? And, you know, I don't want to bring up stuff about his dad or anything like that. Cause I, I you know, I, I, he hears enough of that. That's, that's been done to death. Yeah. And, and, and he goes over it enough on his show and that's not why, I mean, yeah, I'm being honest. It, I want him on the show for clout, but we just call spade a spade. Right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, that's I want to pick his, I want to pick his brain about this, you know, because, you know, I hear him talk about other tracks that he wished would come back like Metrolina that, you know, his family had a lot of history at Metrolina, but Metrolina is right. not there anymore. It's gone. There's a building yeah. where the track used to be, um, you know, but like, you know, I, I just, I just want to pick his brain. I just want to kind of get not so much inside his head, but I, I just, I want to be able to just talk with him and, and, you know, it, I just, I, it would, I, it, to me, that would just kind of be like, it, it would be kind of the same along the same lines of maybe getting like David Ortiz to come on the show kind of a thing. It's right. like top tier. Yeah. Top tier. You know, we're talking legends of the sport and right. I mean, Dale Jr. may not be the goat, but as far as NASCAR racing is concerned, that was, that's reserved for his dad, Richard Petty and Jimmy Johnson. Right. The only three, seven time champions, you know, um, but I mean, I rooted for the guy for as long as I can remember. And I've been an Earnhardt guy my is for, is for as long as I've been watching racing. And I just, I, I want at least somebody from JR Motorsports to come over, maybe even Mike Davis, who's his co-host on the Dale Jr. Download to at least zoom in, you know, kind of a thing, you know, but I don't know if, if you know any kind of ways to get to that back door. Hey, fine. I'm not putting pressure on you. I can start, you know, asking around and see if there's something I can I can help out with. For yeah, sure, absolutely, bring that on. I mean, there's but, no, uh, like, there's a whole group of people in in your company that's done black bag fucking things, right? <laughs> and there's David coming in. From oh, the top I mean, if we're talking black ops. Like we can make that happen. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm 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 talking about the going into a van, grabbing. All I'm saying is, I know some guys. Bag. So that would require yeah. both of you getting on a private plane and flying down here <laughs> to an undisclosed location. <laughs> you know, like you pull up, they pull up in a van at a beach house down there in Surfside Beach. And, you know, the, we've got a beach house, you know, where we got the internet and everything. They rip the they, they rip rip the off. sack off his head. He's like, man, where the hell am I? Like, my daughter's got, both my kids got school in the morning. Like, It's, not, taxi, it's not like I know how to do it. <laughs> But one, you don't use a plane. <laughs> right. Tell the residents are identifiable. Two, you rent and you make sure you rent with cash or, you know, some other, you just steal a car. Knowing and, who we know owns the company and what he used to do for a living. I'll I'm just, sure that he can, can I'm sure. I am, I am more than sure that he can make those types of calls to get air travel included. <laughs> i mean i mean he did i, I mean i'm not I saying like i'm not saying he's the guy to go to i'm not saying he's the guy that, that'll get things done but david and i did have an idea for a brand new black rifle coffee product called cream pie and nobody ran with it <laughs> so, okay in the old days and the artwork on the bag would have been a coffee bean with some like cream dripping out of the crack in the bean you know 
dude, in the old days, that probably would have flown. But now we're proper and we're on the New York Stock Exchange. You know, we got eyes on us. We're the gentler black rifle now. Although we do have we do have a an ECS called the Beaver Destroyer. So you know, you never know. That was actually pretty good. That was a good one. That was a good one. I've changed my billing address twice since I moved in my new house. And I four times I've gotten an email from Black Rifle talking about how there's a problem with my shipment. And I'm like, everything works right. I, I just have you, I don't know what's going on. I, I've gone into the app like several times. Have you called in to, to customer yeah, service? You have to call them in, dude. Okay, listen, well, I will call. Listen. Knowing my luck, David, it'll still David be that. It'll be me. that one guy that I get that I get all the time. That he's a White Sox fan, and he gives me shit for being a Red Sox fan. <laughs> no, give me uh, when we're done here. Shoot, shoot, send me your info. Give me your uh, the email address that's on there, and I will. I I know people in customer service. I'll reach out to them. And okay, yeah. That out. So yeah, after we can start filming or whatever, I'll, I'll give you the four one one on it. But yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah that... guys, it's it's coming up on nine thirty. Um, I've got a jumper in the door, and uh, I'd like to go take care of that. Yeah, and I gotta piss, and everybody knows right now that if I don't take a fucking piss, <laughs> dude, you've got a you've got a bottle right there on your te- on your desk. Dude, I don't want it to shoot through the goddamn fucking bottle. <laughs> we'll just You've been smoking it. You're gonna pull. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you gonna are you gonna piss that hot, bro? I mean, or is it just, or or is it or is it is it just because you're like a like a pressure washer? The smaller the opening, the 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 the, the harder the jet. Yes. <laughs> well, well, with that, you know, he's, well, he's the sandblaster now with a pebble in there. He, yeah. he's running the red tip. That's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as bad. I just thought about it. I just thought about it. Is if I do have the, if if I do have you know the water bottle and I'm using the water bottle and everything, and I just mm-hmm. and you just hear, I was like, what was that suppressor? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've seen right. what you use for a suppressor too, so we're not going there. Everybody's seen what I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know where you got your information on that one, dude, but that one particular version, that model, really shafted you. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Like, okay. Um. Anyway, so, all right. Well, hey, man, dude, I had a blast with you on the show, dude. Great. I, I, I'm down for this threesome again. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I've already told David, like, anytime you guys want me on, man, just reach out to me. If I'm available, I'll, I'll jump in. Like, Absolutely, man. Uh, I All right. Well, and that being said, the I'm Johnny Skelton. I'm David Dickerman. I am Chris Jacko. And, and you, uh, one, one last thing is ahead, uh, to help out. To help out Chris a little a little bit since he's on the show, go to uh, uh, brccfund.org. Uh, donate to their fund there. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee does have a fund that helps out a lot of people. That's how we got in contact with Chris and a lot of other uh, interesting folks for charity events. Thank you all for listening and watching as you can. And... 
This is Nerd Sports episode number 75. You just supposed to hit the button. Or did you hit the button and do it? That bit? <laughs> God, it doesn't do anything. I did. No, it did. No, 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 yes, no. It no. It, I, don't, I didn't hear anything. Chris, did you hear anything? I did not hear anything. Yeah. You didn't hear? Really? Yes. Just, just in my ear again. I swear. Yeah, we're, this... we're, we're professional. That one? Semi-professional. No. Oh. Then you, you do, do you find the victory button? I have a button here, and uh, when I hit it, it says victory. You know, I bet you it's going to show up on the post. It probably is. All <laughs> right, everybody. Thank you for watching. <laughs> Later.